Good morning. I'm John, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for September 30th. Did you enjoy this year's WrestleMania? Did you enjoy AEW and New Japan's Forbidden Door pay-per-view? When you think about some of your favorite matches, the biggest matches during the time of your personal fandom, I'll wager that a healthy percentage of them took place on a pay-per-view or some other platform that falls under the heading of Supercard Event. But do you know what event was the likely granddaddy of them all? And what match was the driving force to make such an event even possible? What match was described as having changed the landscape of pro wrestling? Hey there, if you're listening to this, then chances are you love wrestling. And if you care to continue the conversation with me, John, and other listeners of this show, then I invite you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. Just search for Daily Wrestling News Show or go to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show and click join. We cannot wait to meet you there. The group is brand new, so if you're one of the first to join, don't be afraid to say hi. Now, on with the show. On this day in 1972, the WWWF held Showdown at Shea, the first in a series of three mega events held in the home of the New York Mets in Flushing Meadows, Queens, about 10 miles east of the company's usual home base, Madison Square Garden. The stadium had previously held 40,000 fans when it hosted the Beatles for their famous concert in 1965 and it boasted three consecutive games with 55,000-plus fans in attendance as the Mets closed out the Baltimore Orioles to finish their miracle 1969 season with a World Series championship. So when roughly 22,500 showed up for the showdown at Shea, it might have been a minor disappointment, but considering it was a cool and rainy day, still pretty impressive for an outdoor wrestling show. And how do you set up an event of this magnitude? Well. You have to be able to book a match you can call the match of the century. The main event for this card would feature current WWWF champion Pedro Morales against former champion Bruno Sammartino. Morales was six months into his first reign as champion, a reign that would last 1,027 days. Sammartino was about seven months removed from the end of his historic 2,803 day reign. That's right more than seven and a half years as champion. But both men were fan favorites, baby faces. How do you make this match happen in an era where that simply was not done? Well, for that, we need to back up a bit. Earlier in the year, the two had teamed together for a match that aired on a WWWF television broadcast. This was a mega event in its own right at the time. The two heroes faced the dastardly heel team of Professor Tanaka and Mr. Fuji. Putting these two good guys together for one night was like teaming Hogan and Warrior. It had to lead to the no-good villains getting their comeuppance, right? Probably, if not for the magic of Fuji Dust. Yes, in his signature style, Mr. Fuji blinded Bruno with salt, as I guess they called it at that time. And when Pedro jumped in to help his partner, he was met with the same treatment from Tanaka. I'll bet you can guess what happened next. That's right, the two visually impaired partners proceeded to attack one another, convinced they were taking it to their enemies. When the match was over, San Martino and Morales each blamed the other, and that generated enough heat to book the two super baby faces to go one-on-one -on -one in the main event, worthy of that moniker, Match of the Century 
without having to turn either one of them into a heel. But, as is often the case, the fans kind of took care of that heel part on their own. While I was researching the Dusty Rhodes Superstar Billy Graham match that you hopefully tuned in to hear me break down earlier in the week, I came across an article that described Dusty's walkout attire as an appeasement of the quote-unquote jaded New York Territory fans. I took a small amount of offense, but didn't spend too much time ruminating on it. When researching this Bruno and Pedro match, I was stunned to read a passage that described the fact that while both men remained babyfaces, Bruno got a mixed reaction. He was actually being jeered by enough of the 22,000 plus fans in attendance that it was noticeable. San Martino biographer Ross Davies proffered the explanation that since Bruno had dropped the title to Ivan Koloff in January, he was no longer a guarantee on the monthly cards at MSG. And this fact irritated some fans, and therefore Pedro had replaced Bruno in their hearts. So the man was your champion for seven and a half years, and you begrudge him some time off? Well, while I might not go all the way to calling the New York fans jaded, I might invoke a Daniel Bryanism and accuse them of being fickle. And don't let my little old Italian grandmother overhear you admitting that you booed Bruno San Martino in the New York metro area. You might wind up with a tiny pair of sewing shears lodged in your thigh. But I digress. The match itself, by all available retellings, was a technical clinic. The two men put on not just a 60-minute Broadway, but battled to a 75-minute time limit draw. And the match really only ended at that point when the powers that be of the time realized they were pushing dangerously close to the New York City mandated 11 p.m. curfew. And these two weren't exactly Brian Danielson and Adam Page, nor were they Josh Alexander and TJP in terms of size. At 5'10 and 265, San Martino was roughly the stature of Jeff Cobb, to give you a visual, and at 5'10 245, Morales was similar in size to Michael Elgin. The two would embrace after the match and put their issues behind them. Morales would call it the greatest match of his career, and Bruno would laud Pedro as the better man on that night and thank him for helping make history. The success of this supercard would lead to return engagements at Shea in 1976 and again in 1980. Bruno was part of all three, and you've probably seen part of that 1980 card even if you don't know it. Surely you've seen the famous clip of Andre in his blue trunks with his wild French fro blowing in the outdoor breeze as he takes on a pre-Hulkamania Hogan. Yep, that was part of the showdown at Shea 1980. But the 76 and 80 mega cards don't happen without the rousing success of that first groundbreaking event and the match described as having changed the landscape of pro wrestling. And that one happened on this day in 1972. This has been the Daily Wrestling News Show for September 30th, 2022. We'll see you next week.